we all know the importance of how we represent ourselves. The things we say and the things we do influence people around us. It's all about the message we are sending, including the things that we wear. Christians can be more aware of the messages we bring to others in their clothing with Covenant Press. Covenant Press is a faith-based Christian apparel and accessory store that is fearfully and wonderfully made. If you want to wear the message of Christ and Christianity, then go to their website at covenant-press.com. That's www.covenant-press.com. For the next 24 hours, you will get 25% off the purchase of $50 or more using discount code GROWTH at checkout. Sign up and become a member to receive points for future purchases. Again, that's covenant-press.com, www.covenant-press.com to get 25% off your purchase of $50 or more using discount code GROWTH at checkout. Tell your friends and family about covenant-press.com so we can all share the message. Welcome to Laquita's Toolbox, where we deliver relevant content in the form of tools that empower entrepreneurs to elevate personally and professionally. Good is only good until greater is envisioned. You know there's another level in you. Here we discuss the tools to get you there. Lean in as Laquita and her guests present you with strategies and insight for unlocking your full potential to realize your boldest dream. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another amazing episode of Laquita's Toolbox. I am your host, Laquita Monley. And listen, guys, I have been having so much fun in this pre-interview. And you should always have that much fun with people that you talk to especially if you're a podcast host or whatever you're doing, you should always have fun with people. And I always have fun with our current guest, Miss Adina Collins. She has just been a blessing in my life. We've done a number of different live events and things together. And, you know, we have fun. We, we let our hair down. We talk about it. And we get the job done. And she's going to hand us some tools today. She's going to hand us some tools. So you guys know, get something to write with and to write on because Miss Adina is going to be sharing some, some amazing financial strategies with us today. Um, but Miss Adina, listen, welcome, welcome, welcome to Laquita's Toolbox. This is your first time being a podcast guest with me. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, it's good to be here. <laughs> we're gonna be here. Listen, we're gonna have some fun, and we're gonna we're gonna take care of a little, you know, standard business first. For the people who are listening for the first time, thank you guys for tuning in and and following the Laquita's Toolbox uh, podcast. We appreciate that uh, that love and support. Go ahead on your favorite podcast listening platform and hit that notification button, hit that follow or subscribe, whatever is necessary, so that you can receive. Uh, the new episodes as they come out. So, yep, I, I really want to do that. I want to hear from you guys after the episode. Let me know what you think. Give me a rating. Give me a review. Let me know how I'm doing or what you think I need to be doing better to make listening to this podcast worth your while. 
But uh, Miss Mr. Dean, I know a lot of people know who you are, but for those that are tuning in for the first time and may not have met you before, tell us more about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, again, my name is Adina Collins. I'm the CEO of Fortitude Financial Consulting. I am based actually out of Dallas, Texas, but I work all across the country. And so I help um, small business owners as well as individuals um, make sure that they are financially fit, financially free and financially empowered. So making sure that you're getting a good grip on your finances, understanding where you are, where you want to go and making sure that you have some solid strategies to be able to achieve um, what you're trying to do financially. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, guys, you want to make sure that you check the show notes. Um, and if you're following us today uh, on YouTube, you want to also make sure you look in that um, video description because uh, Miss Adina's uh, website will be in there as well as her social media handles um, and links to her calendar um, so that you guys can continue to get in contact with her um, and so that she could be a blessing and, and a service to yourself and your business. But today we're going to talk about, uh, hopefully we get to talk about two. I want to talk about two really important things, you know, um, and this one, these things, if you have not started your business, you're in the right place right now because this is going to be necessary. And, and if you have and you say, look, I've never heard about this before. That's OK. You could get on the bandwagon. All you got to do is just connect with Miss Adina and, and she can show you the strategies. But the, the two topics that I want us to discuss today is um, one, the advantages of setting up your business um, entity properly and two why your business needs a succession plan um, in the beginning, in this as part of the setup. So, Mr. Dean, I'm going to just let you, you know, do your thing, right? So, what are the advantages to setting your business up the right way in the beginning? Well, the good thing is, is that if you're going to operate as a business, not just someone who's a DBA doing business as, if you're setting up a business, that means that your business is a separate legal entity from you. That means a lot when it comes to establishing your business's credibility, uh, making sure that from a liability standpoint, if anything were to happen, especially, for example, if you offer um tangible goods and services that may be in a specific building where people actually have to come and visit you. You don't want to open yourself up to certain liability um, because if you're not separating again, your individual self, the owner from the actual business entity, if anything were to happen, such as a slip and fall in your business, if anything were to happen, if um, for example, maybe you serve food products or something like that, if someone actually ingested something that didn't agree with them, that may have made them sick and they had some type of reaction, they're going to be looking for your business's name. And if they can't find the business name, they're going to want to come after you. So your vehicle, your home, your assets, your retirement plan, all of these other things could be open to a lawsuit as an asset. So if someone has received some type of injury um, from receiving goods or services from you, again, this is another great reason to make sure that your business, again, is a very separate entity. It has its own taxpayer ID number, 
Not that you're operating with your own social security number. You definitely do not want to do that. Um, but again, you want to make sure that it is a legally registered business, no matter what state that you're operating in, that it's been registered. Some people may choose for different reasons to be able to select different entities out of state. There is specific things that may be to their industry um, or for other reasons. Um, you definitely want to make sure that it's legally registered. Again, you're helping to build your own credibility for that. Also, too, when you're setting up your business entity, there's going to be different tax advantages depending upon what type of business that you're setting up. So what a lot of people don't realize is, is that the most commonly um, set up type of business structure is, of course, a sole proprietor. That just means someone who said, you know what, I have a gift, I have a skill, I have a talent, I can make money just going out and being myself and just doing certain things. So that's great. But guess what? Sole proprietors get taxed at the highest tax rate. Oh my, say that one more time. Sole proprietors get taxed at the highest tax rate. So here's the thing. Because you have not separated yourself from the business that you're doing, that means that all of the income that you receive from those business endeavors, goods or services that you may sell or provide, that means that goes slap on your direct personal tax return. So if you weren't making a lot of money, so let's say you're still working, you still have a W-2 job, or perhaps you're being paid as an independent contractor, but you're also doing something else on the side, a side gig, a side hustle. That means that whatever monies that you're bringing in from your regular position, plus whatever you're being taxed at for that business income is being taxed at the same tax rate. Oh, go on and tell us what that individual tax rate well has the potential to be. The very highest um, tax rate for individuals, um, you know, it, it's 37 okay. percent. So, so you have multiple things that are built into that. So also as a sole proprietor, because you're employing yourself, you also have not only the income taxes that you're paying federal. And here in Texas, of course, we're blessed. We don't have state income taxes. Mm -hmm. but if you live in another state that does have state income taxes, you've got to pay state income taxes on that. And also, if you are self-employed, you're also supposed to place, pay self-employment taxes. So that means that you have to pay Social Security and Medicare taxes on any of those monies that you've been earning. So a lot of people don't take that into consideration. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, here's the thing. No one ever knows everything when you first get started. The thing is, is that get as much information as you can um, as you begin to go ahead and get started. Um, it's going to be very, very important. Um, the other thing, too, is, is that consider your business almost kind of like a separate house, right? So you think of yourself and maybe where you live as your primary residence, whether it's an apartment, a townhome, maybe it's a condo or just a single family home, right? So your business is a separate place. Think of it almost kind of like your vacation rental, right? Um, the, the vacation property that you may have, a second home that you have somewhere else. Again, it's physically located somewhere else. It has its own unique expenses. 
So here's the thing. You want to be able to make sure, again, that that entity is operating separately. It, even if you are a sole proprietor, yes, there are certain business expenses that you can deduct. But here's the thing. If you're not setting up your business as a separate entity, when it comes time for you to go ahead and seek things like investor funding, bank loan funding, uh, being able to work with the Small Business Administration if you choose to go ahead and go through some of their different programs. Um, even when it comes down to perhaps going ahead and getting your business certified as a minority uh, business enterprise or a woman-owned small business, perhaps a veteran-owned small business or other types of certifications, they're not going to really pay much attention to you just as a sole proprietor, meaning that you're just doing business as yourself. You don't have a separate business name. You don't have a separate business entity. It's not set up separately. So it's really going to make a big difference as you begin to go ahead and grow your business. You definitely, again, want to make sure that you're establishing credibility. That flows over also into things like business credit. You know, you don't have to necessarily fund everything through your own personal finances. So a lot of people don't think about that. Hey, listen, my business can actually acquire business loans. So it's really important for us to be able to pick, spend the money up front to um, set it up properly. Yes. And then it is to say, okay, let me just start out right now and just do it until I get the money to do it. Because listen, it depended on which state you're in, mm -hmm. that filing fee that's required to set your business entity up properly could be anywhere from $50 to whatever your state requires, you know? And if you're saying, okay, you know, I want my side hustle to become this business, but I ain't got all that money. The bottom line is if you don't have, so I can talk about Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I can talk about Mississippi too, because that's where that $50 came from. It's $50, right. right? If I don't have that $50, if I don't have that $300 in the state of Texas, Am I truly ready to start my business? Mm -hmm. Because that's the first most necessary business expense, even more so than getting whatever product it is that you are selling or providing whatever service it is that you want to provide. I need to be able to legally do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes a it makes a big difference. Um, a lot of times people are like, hey, you know, um, I just had an idea. I wanted to go ahead and get started. Maybe there was a certain need, you know, mm -hmm. for the goods and services that you provide. And that's great. Mm -hmm. That's really great. But again, making sure that you're in a position where you can go ahead and do it. Now, we understand that sometimes there may be situations where sometimes people are forced into entrepreneurship because things have switched in reference to their current employment. And they said, you know what, I've got to be able to do some other things, even if that mm -hmm. means you may need to drive for Uber or Lyft. Or you may end up doing some other things that could maybe help you towards going ahead and making sure that you have those funds set aside mm -hmm. to be able to set up that business. That's a great thing as well. You right. definitely want to be able to make sure that you're thinking ahead. Um, you know, there's so much that really goes into making sure that your business is set up properly. And again, this is an investment that's going to continue to keep paying you back. Right. And so it's not just about an expense. It's, it's not about what's it going to cost you. It's about what is it going to make you. Make you. That's so good. Go ahead and go ahead and write that down. Not about what it's going to cost you. 
but it's about what it's going to make you. So listen, let's do some hypotheticals. I like, you know, hypothetical. So, you know, you're working with client A. Let's say client A is Claire. <clears throat> and Claire is going to be selling widgets as well as teaching people how to make widgets. Okay. And Claire comes and says, okay, I want to set myself up for business. And I think that having an LLC is the way I want to go. Mm -hmm. But somebody told me that there's an S Corp and there's a C Corp and then there's an LLC. Like, what does that mean for me? And what do I need to do? Okay. Well, an LLC is a limited liability company. So it's a state recognized type of business entity. So it is one step in making sure that you are separating yourself, Claire, uh, the individual from your business entity, which is great. Many people end up jumping into corporations way before they're really ready to be able to do that. So here's the thing, an LLC can choose to be treated just as a regular LLC, or you can even opt if you want to, to be able to have that LLC taxed as a small corporation or an S corporation. Um, many times when people are first starting out, it may be easier, quite honestly, just to go ahead and say, hey, my entity is registered as an LLC. Perhaps as I begin to go ahead and make additional monies, uh, maybe if I'm at a point where I know I'm in a position to be able to not only make good monies, but also begin to grow and hire other people, that could be another turning point. So if you think that you're going to start having large amounts of profits, it could be time to go ahead and consider electing to have your business taxed as a small corporation. Mm -hmm. um, also, again, depending upon what Claire may be doing. Will Claire be having consistent contracts, government contracts? Will she have corporate contracts that are coming through? Uh, things that she knows are pretty, pretty um, certain. Then at that point, she could say, you know what? I'm thinking I'm going to need to go a little bit bigger, even though she may not have a lot of people initially on hand um, to be able to consider that. So um, a small corporation and a corporation um, are relatively the same. It's just that small corporations can have, if they want to, they can have up to 99 shareholders. So if you chose to go ahead and issue stock, then you could actually, you know, go ahead and issue stocks to people. It could be privately held, or if you want to issue it to the general public, you can do that as well. Mm -hmm. But corporations, just regular C corporations, that just means that they can have shareholders of 100 or more if they want to. They can only have one if they want to. But again, there's more flexibility to be able to do it. Um, in many cases, the small corporation and the corporation pretty much are um, mainly treated the same. Um, there are different tax returns that are required for it. But in reference to how that corporation may be taxed, um, as of about three years ago, former President Trump um, had passed a lot of different legislation in reference to tax law changes. Mm -hmm. And so what used to happen back in the old, old days was that corporations pretty much were taxed at 35 percent. Mm. Well, many business owners became very happy when President Trump ended up coming into office and making certain changes because then the corporate tax rate ended up being a flat 
tax of 21%. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like, woo, let me go ahead and get on this bandwagon. It's so much lower. Well, again, <laughs> you have to be able to know where you are, where you're going, because maybe that corporation may not necessarily be the best strategy at the time. And so mm-hmm. it's not um, kind of a one size fits all, if you will. It depends on what you're doing, where you're going, what type of uh, industry you may be in. Also, um, again, taking a look at that solid business plan, hopefully, that uh, people will be having in reference to what they plan to do. Are they going to have different types of partnerships? Are they going to be doing a variety of different things? And to be able to kind of get down to what type of monies am I going to make and what type of, again, activities am I uh, specifically going to be doing? So it's going to be very, very important that you start looking. Looking and, and, and doing that. And so I think, you know, I, I want to add another layer to this situation because, again, we're I want to make it as realistic as possible so that as uh, people are listening, um, they uh, the, the goal is to get them to engage um, mm-hmm. and start to thinking about their own situation. So um, Claire, I've got the widget making and I'm teaching people how to make widgets. <clears throat> I am the number one widget maker and teacher as Claire. Okay. But now I've also, uh, my husband is a widget maker and now we got about two, three classes. So he's teaching widget making and, you know, my best friend, She's helping make the widgets. So I've got about maybe four or five people who are volunteering their time to help Mm -hmm. me make these widgets and to teach these widget making classes. But, oh, no, I'm the subject matter expert and I end up passing away. Mm. I end up passing away. Well, those orders are still out there because my husband had been helping me and, you know, we had had these people, what is it that would have been ideal to have in place for me as the chief widgeting person so that my company could continue? Ooh, that is a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) One, first of all, believe it or not, having good policies and procedures that were going to be in place Mm -hmm. for the business anyway. Yes. Certainly having a business succession plan would have been another thing, but then also too, making sure that that company also had great commercial liability insurance, as well as some other uh, insurance called key man. Mm-hmm. Uh, insurance policies. And so uh, commercial insurance literally is covering the activity of the business. It could be anything from general liability. So, you know, just making sure that the business is indeed covered, uh, making sure that if there was a situation where there could have been some type of a natural disaster incident, whatever it may have been, um, you know, for people who practice, think about doctors and, and lawyers, they may have to have certain types of professional liability insurance. Um, but certainly for the key man insurance policy, that is literally just a life insurance policy that is on a key person. So think about a president, a CEO, vice president, or someone who actually has a specialized knowledge um, that's very, very hard to be able to replace. And so most of the time, companies will go ahead and take out these key man policies on their chief, um, really their C-suite people. So their Mm -hmm. corporate folks, people who have, again, that specialized knowledge that would be very, very hard to replace. And so being able to have something like that be able to kick in if Claire did pass away, Mm -hmm. the business doesn't necessarily have to fold 
once she's gone. Also, um, depending upon how that business was set up, if it was just a if if her company was set up just as a sole member LLC and her husband's name wasn't on any of that documentation, typically what's going to happen is that business is really going to fold because Claire was the only owner legal owner uh, that was there. And so literally her husband would have to almost start all over. Mm. We have to get a different business name, have to Mm -hmm. go ahead and register uh, that new business with the state and hope and pray that he would still be able to go ahead and continue to operate. So um, having one, those uh, different procedures, policies and procedures in place would have definitely helped. Let's say that Claire was sick before she ended up passing away, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, People don't think about it, but simple things like who can actually sign off on checks. Come if on, she's now. the only person that can sign off on a corporate check, you've got a problem. Yes. yes. Because if she's not available, does that mean that all business ceases? Mm. Is she the only person that can actually initiate an EFT or an ACH, an electronic payment or a mm-hmm. wonder? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a problem because if my vendors and my contractors can't get paid, Come on, Houston. Hello. That's Hello. the problem. Come on. It, it, yes. It's going to be a problem. problem. So, you know, it, it's things like that having to think ahead. No one w- likes to think about it. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, as your business begins to grow, you have to have the foresight to be able to say, well, hey, what would happen if? So mm-hmm. maybe it would have been better for Claire and her husband to go ahead and develop the LLC together, together. have both of their names on it, or mm-hmm. if she knew she had a partner, a business partner, to mm-hmm. be able to go ahead and make sure that there were some other things that were set up as well mm-hmm. uh, that were in place in the case of a sickness or, God forbid, a death. What does that mean? Does the entity now have to fold just because she passes away? See, that's that that's what I'm talking about. Proper business setup, you know, um, things like that don't happen. Like, I mean, they do happen. Excuse me. Things like that do happen. Um, they happen unexpectedly. Yes. And it's something that you don't really think about when you're in that initial excitement energy is flowing and you're yes. driving and you're going. I mean, let's just be honest. I didn't think about it. Either. Praise God, nothing happened. (laughs) Praise God, nothing happened until I got to the place where I learned about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and to be fair, uh, that's so important of having a power team and having, you know, people who are on your team, so to speak. And when I say team, I don't necessarily mean they play a key role in making your business function. When I say power team, I mean also people who are in your immediate association that are subject matter experts who can give you advice on how to make things work. And I bless the father the day I met you. Because I didn't know that something would have (laughs) happened. Now, with that being said, had had my husband and I did start our business together. So had something happened, um, the... I, if something happened to be in, I could have still ran the business. Now, with that being said, um, it still would have been difficult because those things were not in place. I just would not have lost ownership of the company. Right. But the road ahead would have been mighty difficult yes. if, you know, if I if Ben would have gotten sick mm-hmm. and could not um, perform the function in our real estate investing that he did, which mm-hmm. was the things I don't know how to do. I'm I can talk. Right. You know, 
Right. I'm the person that engages people and talks to the sellers and the owners and yeah. the buyers and all of these things. Yeah. He's the one that walks with the inspectors and the contractors yeah. and he know what that looked like because his dad was a contractor his mm. whole life. Yes. I know good at that. So losing him to sickness or death would have truly been the detriment to me mm -hmm. emotionally and otherwise. So when we're talking about these products and then the dean is talking about these products yes my husband is a veteran so we have life insurance when mm -hmm. he when he retired we went ahead and got regular life insurance mm -hmm. uh health insurance we have that because we have health insurance until the lord calls us home because mm -hmm. he was a veteran right but those other bits we didn't have mm -hmm. and didn't even think about the fact that i needed them until so having these conversations. So that's just transparency. That's why I can come up with this class story. Yes. <laughs> if you don't mind, if you don't mind let, let, let me share a quick uh, business story with you. So um, a friend of mine, um, he's now uh, gone on home to be with the Lord. A friend of mine uh, owns a wonderful barbecue place here in um, in Dallas. And so he began to go ahead and start before he officially retired, if you will, to start going ahead and showing his sons, his two sons who were going to take over the business for him, what to do, how to operate the business and whatnot. And so about um, now, about three years or so ago, um, they ended up hiring um, a brand new employee and the employee, you know, was going to actually be on the inside smoker. And unfortunately, that particular employee ended up putting way too much wood in the inside smoker, which, of course, caused a very devastating uh, fire. Oh, my. And so they, uh, this particular friend of mine, his business was very, very big, actually, at the Texas State Fair here. So this was only a couple of weeks out before they knew that they were going to go to the State Fair. Mm. So um, they have this devastating um, restaurant fire. And because he had another component of commercial insurance, which was business disruption insurance, they were able to go ahead and use those funds while they were outside of their normal operating space to be able to keep their staff on. Mm. Uh, they had already had a catering business, so they were still able to go ahead and uh, do the catering business. And thankfully, they had friends in the restaurant industry that allowed them to be able to use their ovens to be able to go ahead and cook uh, certain foods and they've gone ahead and bought uh, portable grills and things like that to be able to go ahead and do the meats. But here's the thing, thinking ahead and making sure that, OK, not only was I covered in an incident where it was my own employee's fault mm -hmm. that, you know, this uh, fire ended up happening. Thankfully, no one was injured. No one was hurt. Um, you know, again, just the um, the uh, the damage to the property um, mm -hmm. where they were located. But even still, it took about a year and a half for them to be able to get everything together, you know, to be able to rebuild and move back into um, that particular building. But if it wasn't for having that extra layer of protection, making sure that they had business disruption insurance, you know, the business could have just been completely out of business forever mm. and they mm. wouldn't have been able to, you know, think about all of the lives. You know, I know that they had 20 plus uh, people that were employed with them and, you know, the, the catering contracts that they already had in place and not knowing whether or not they were going to be able to move forward, because I'm sure it also costs a, a fee to be able to be a state vendor at the state fair. You know, yep. so you have all of these other moving parts. And so it's it's things like that that people feel like sometimes, well, maybe I can tend 
pinch on this. I can kind of save on that. You know, take it from me. You know, it 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 was just ended up being a blessing that people, you know, were able to again continue to stay employed. They, as they were rebuilding, were still able to go ahead and keep the business intact. I'm sure that my friend had gone ahead and also made sure made different uh, legal provisions to make sure that his son. Mm-hmm. So you know, the the thing is, we never know what's going to happen. So or, you know, any other types of things. My friend um, also had his own uh, seasonings and barbecue sauce and things like that. These are things that you have to be able to protect. This is intellectual property. Yes. This is actual tangible property. And so a lot of people are just thinking, oh, I love to do what I do. But if you're not making sure that you're really wrapping your arms around just about every component of your business, Mm -hmm. then you really may find yourself out of business sooner than you really need to be. That's it. That's it. Listen, you know, we're, we're building realistic scenarios in in this particular episode um, of the toolbox. Why? Because it, it's our goal to help you to um, to improve as entrepreneurs or to grow as entrepreneurs, but also for personal life uh, and development. And I say personal life and development at this stage because having something devastating to happen to your business not only impacts you financially, but it does impact you, your state of mind, you know, your well-being, you know, as an employer, um, the welfare of my employees is my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Even uh, with my call center, they weren't my W-2 employees, they're my contractors, but even their welfare is my responsibility because if I'm not keeping my house in order, my Mm -hmm. business house, then it directly impacts all of their houses, their family. So it's important to build. And again, you may be saying, Laquita, all this sound good. And I want to make sure I'm right. But look, this is the money I got. How do I get started? That's great. You can still get started. Mm -hmm. You can still get started. We're not saying don't get started. What we are saying is make sure your first step um, is to Make sure you're sitting in front of people who can help you map out a plan. Absolutely. To map out a plan. And and, and that's really my number one reason for bringing, uh, asking Adina to come onto the toolbox because she can help you map out a plan, right? Mm-hmm. This is the things we need to start with. This is what we get here about this time frame. This is what we need to get here at about that time frame. Because we understand these things aren't free. They're going to cost. They really are. They're an investment. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you are in your business and how your cash flow is going and whatnot, um, you want to make sure that you're getting these things done in a timely fashion uh, to set yourself up for the greatest success, you know. And I, I, we can get off on another tangent about how people who had these things in place um, during, I don't want to, should I say during the pandemic? Is it happening or is it not happening? I don't know. Whatever you want to think about it, right? <laughs> the lockdown. Let me say right. that. Right. The lockdown, yes. how some businesses were able to withstand for so long. They mm-hmm. had the right type of policies in place. Yes to help them keep their doors open, to help them keep their current employees 
on deck. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. and, and also having the flexibility. So just because something started off one way doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to continue to be that. Yes. And so, you know, for people who had traditional brick and mortar, meaning that, you know, you actually had to physically come into a location uh, to be able to receive those services. If you weren't able to, I know people are tired of hearing the word, if you weren't able to pivot, if you weren't able to make a change, if you weren't able to find a way that you could uh, potentially serve people online, or you weren't able to find a way, like in um, in in the uh, example that I mentioned in reference to uh, my friend's business, they had already been doing catering jobs. So those catering jobs continue to keep going on. It's just that they couldn't physically serve people anymore in the restaurant because of the lockdown. And of course, because no one could actually physically sit, but they could still have people that could come in and pick up orders or they would bring the orders out to their vehicles mm -hmm. so that people could still get served. They would have to call ahead or um, they actually were able to go ahead and get people to place their orders online um, and be able to still go ahead and get the still deliver the same types of services. It's mm -hmm. just that it had to be done in a different way. And so um, even if you only offer one particular type of good or service, you still have to be thinking ahead about how can I also consider being able to do other types of streams of income? Because again, you don't know, it may not necessarily be a pandemic, mm -hmm. but what if it ends up being a situation where God forbid, you know, for some of us who may be in the path of chemical plants or nuclear plants or whatever it may be, if there's something that's completely outside of your control, mm -hmm. uh, a weather event, what, you know, you can't, uh, before we were actually on this live, we were talking about some of the things about some of our family, um, you know, and, and friends that we knew of that were in the path of Hurricane Ida. No one ever expected that there were going to be multiple, you know, electrical outages. You have to be able to be, again, thinking on your feet, having some other types of plans. And that's another reason why mm -hmm. having a business succession plan can also be very helpful as well. Um, it could address things like emergency situations if like we mentioned with Claire, if Claire were to pass away, what would happen? What other types of uh, things would end up kicking in if a person that was of great influence or had great power or signature, signature authority, things like that? What happens if that happens? Not just if the if you're ready to sell a business, mm -hmm. but what happens in the case of just making sure that one, our business uh, can continue to keep going. Right, right. If, if anything were to happen. Right. So the, and that's it. The succession plan. I wish we had more time, but that's OK. We're going to jump on the live or we're going to do a part two. Not quite sure what it, what we're going to do, but we're going to do something because I really do want you to have more time to talk about what a succession plan is, because, again, it's something I, I did not think about. Mm -hmm. Well, I will say I didn't think about it. I only had one option. Yeah. And our plan was we're going to build and grow this amazing family owned and operated business. Yes. And our children, we're going to retire and our children are going to run it. And then our grandchildren are going to run it. Well, guess what, Adina? My kids do not want to do what I want to do. And to be absolutely honest, no interest at all. And to be honest with you, that happens very frequently mm -hmm. with family owned businesses. So if yeah. the kids or the grandkids mm -hmm. or nieces and nephews want no part, then what? Then what? Exactly. And so we were we spent a lot of time in our feelings and in our emotions about it. Like <laughs> I'm doing all of this for you, but were we really? Yes, we were. They are a part of our motivation. But if they're saying, mom, dad, we appreciate all of your hard work. 
Yes. But in watching you do this, it has inspired me to do this or mm -hmm. what I want to do. And I, we have to learn to be okay with it. But now, what is my succession plan? Because my original plan is not going to work out unless they change their minds, right. you know? Right. So we will we'll have to have more time to jump into that because now you we were forced to think, well, is my business sellable? Mm. Is it sellable right now? Like, you know, wherever we get at in our in in life where we say, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Is right. it sellable? That's it. You know, and that's a part of a succession plan. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I know we got like a few minutes more before we wrap it up, but just a, a last little bit about succession plans, but don't worry, toolbox audience, we're gonna have another in-depth conversation about succession plans because they're key to the initial business setup. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They definitely are. They definitely are. Many people uh, just think about secession. So for those who may not know what a secession, a business secession plan is, it's literally a well thought out plan that really details uh, what's going to happen, whether it may be the retirement of an executive that may be at the top. It could be someone else uh, who may end up leaving the company. They have a very specialized type of knowledge. They bring a particular type of skill. What happens in reference to those duties? What happens uh, when that happens? And certainly having a business succession plan also can include if maybe you may be acquired by a different company or if you decide that you want to sell off your company. Mm -hmm. So it's so many different moving uh, things that you can have in there. But again, you got to be able to think, um, unfortunately, you know, for some of the worst case scenarios to make mm -hmm. sure that the unexpected doesn't completely knock you off knock of you your block. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I mean, I didn't even think about to bring that in. If you're acquired, I was Recently at the John Maxwell conference, and I'm going to apologize up front that I do not remember um, this young lady's name because she's an amazing young woman. And she built her beauty brand from her living room to the point where L'Oreal bought it for about one point three billion. It was over a billion dollars. And I'm apologizing up front that I don't know her name because I'm not a makeup fanatic. You know, I might be one of those few weird women that don't do makeup. But her story was so powerful. Yes. Um, and she built her business to love it and own it forever. Mm -hmm. But you know, 1.3 will do something to you. 1.0 anything in the billions <laughs> will do something to you. <laughs> and so she was acquired and that was a great honor. Mm -hmm. um, and, but she's still a part, very much a part of her company. Yes. She's still very much a part and that's And that's all about having the right plans and different things in place. Mm -hmm. And you may be saying, liquidity that sound good and all, but I just really want to make sandwiches. <laughs> You know, this is just, you know, me and my son, we just fix cars and sell them. We just fix houses and flip them more. You know, I just enjoy landscaping. And this is just my landscaping business. Don't minimize your business. Don't minimize your talent or devalue your talent or your skill. It's yours. It's amazing. God gave it to you. And as you're growing and developing it and, you, and you're making it your business, these things are necessary to be thought out for because tomorrow is not promised to us. Absolutely. And you don't want all of your hard work that you put in. Um, I don't want to say to go to waste, but for <laughs> your loved ones not to be able to benefit from them as much as you desire them to uh, in the event of, un uh, of unforeseen things that can happen. Absolutely. Well, and, and just to leave you with this, what you love, you protect. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. 
That's real good. That's real, real good. And this is true. What we love, we do protect. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Mr. Dina, thank you so much. So, so, so much for being a guest on um, Laquita's Toolbox. We look forward to having you back again soon. I know, man, you will jump on a live here in the very near future uh, and talk about these things some more. To my Toolbox audience, thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, to today's episode. Again, if this is your first time, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Please hit that notification button so that you'll know when we're coming back on again when our next episode drops. Follow us, subscribe, whatever your favorite podcast listening platform requires. Um, do that so you can get our episodes as they come out and leave us a review, if you will, whether you like it or whether you don't like it. If you don't like it, I especially want to hear from you because I want to know what we can do to improve the quality of tools that we're providing. Until next time, I am your host, Laquita Mondley. This has been The Toolbox. You guys take care. Mm-hmm.